Tēnā koutou. You're listening to a Tātai Ahorau Core Education Podcast. Tēnā koutou e whakarongo maina. Hei whakanui hoki i tēnei wiki o tātou te wiki o te reo Māori. Whakarongo maina koutou ki tētehi pākorangi o Tātai Ahorau. Welcome to this Tātai Ahorau Podcast. To mark te wiki o te reo Māori, we're having a discussion today about the relationships between te reo Māori, te reo Hāmoi and te reo o Tuvalu. We thought it would be useful to discuss the connections, the relationships to these three languages across the Pacific, across te Mananui Akiwa. So we're going to jump right into things. I'd like to um, hand it over to our panellists, to my guests today to from te Mananui Akiwa to introduce themselves. Tēnā kōrua. Talofa Gareth, Talofa Pisita, Talofa Te Malawo Koto, Toku Ingo, Ko Lene Tuiloma. Au ne vau mai Samoa, mai Fakaiko Iva Mo 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 Nuitau Tu Palu. Kai ne au konofo i ototahi, and I am a facilitator here at Tasai Ahorau. So kia ora, and thank you for joining in. Tēnā koe Gareth, Talofa Lena. Ma whaafatai lava mo le nei a vanoa. Ai whaatalo whaatufoi i le paia ma le mamalu a le au whaafonga i le nei aso ma alo le soifua ma le langi e mama. O lo ingoa o pesta tui o te sau mai whaistua uta ma whungalei i Samoa. Kia ora koutou katoa ko peseta toku ingoa. I work in the early years team at Tātai Ahorau. Kia ora. I'm a Māori design lead at Tātai Ahoro, and I'm here to represent Te Reo Māori today and, and to add some uh, kuku Māori and talk about some of the kuku Māori that are, that are in our kete. So what we're going to do is we're going to consider some English words and we're going to translate them into each of our languages and then see if we can find connections. Maybe the words are connected and sound the same in Te Reo. Maybe they will sound totally different. Maybe we'll be able to sound, find some other connection between some other words in our respective languages. So we have Te Reo Māori, Samoan and Tuvalu languages in the house. First off the rank, we're going to count to four. One, two, three, four, pisita. In Samoa, how do we count to four? The numbers one, two, three and four is pronounced tasi, for one, lua, for two, tolu, for the number three, and fa, for the number four. Tasi, lua, tolu, fa. Kia ora, let's ask Lena. How do you say one, two, three, four in Tuvalu? Mm, oh, it's the same. So, tasi, lua, tolu, fa. Just the same. Well, and in Māori, kotahi, rua, toru. So what do you reckon? It's the same, different, connected? Kia ora, Gareth. It is definitely connected. And that's mm. one of the things I really love about those connections because I recognise it straight away. So in Māori, if you're counting tahirua toru fa, I know straight away their numbers because it's very similar to tasilua tolu fa. And that's the beautiful thing about our languages. 
Yeah, and even if I think back to my teaching days, even when we had Māori kids part of Polyfest, even though we're counting in another language, they could do the beat quite well because similarities, it was just one letter difference or it was just, you know, the same. Same with our Polynesian kids going into kapahaka. It was very easy for them to pick up the language and the counting, the beats. Yes, so it sounds like it's, in this case it's, there's a few consonants that are different. The vowels all seem to line up, eat right down to the long vowels and the short vowels. So we've got far, far and far. And then to value in some way, I understand that they're written with an F. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Aye. Let's try another one. How do you ask people what their name is? So how do we say that in Samoan and Tuvalu? So in English, what is your name? In uh, Samoan, you would say Owai Loingoa. Tuvaluan, some say ko oi to ingoa. So that's similar in some sense. The K, the T, the same thing, same meaning. In Māori, we say so let's all say them really quickly one after the other if we could go Samoa to Valu Māori. Gee, what do you fellas think, eh? Ingoa is the same, ingoa. Ah, so is that an appropriate question to ask people? Is there any sort of tikanga or uh, any thinking behind the way that you ask that question? Is it okay to ask that question to somebody that's senior to you or, or is there any particular rules around the way you might ask the question what is your name I think from experience and listening to some of my family they address elders in a different way just formalities but it comes with different same with Samoan as well you would address elders with a sense of formality respect and mana so the same with two Valuans. cool very similar eh? what I'm picking up is that the Kupu that we've covered so far are pretty much the same. Almost, they're so similar that uh, it takes a little bit of listening to pick up what actually what those differences are. Yeah, the next question that I've been thinking about on how to say in Samoan, Tuvalu or Māori is, come here, we, we're really prolific at actually welcoming people in, whether it's in a formal setting or an informal setting. So how do you say to people, come, welcome, how did mai? Let's start over in Tuvalu. Kia ora. Some could say Valkone or Salkone. And if you're from another island, they say it with the H, so it's Halkone. So the dialects are different, but everyone everyone understands when you're saying come. Come here, come come over here. Valkone, Salkone, Halkone. So it might be an instruction from a parent or a teacher or it might be like coming to my home and you'll say to someone. Like an informal way to say. Oh, it's, it's, it's formal? Informal, informal. Gilda, what about in Samoa? Of day, Gareth, sao means come, come here. And you would say that if, you know, if I was speaking to a child, I might say sao, so come here, sao which would be different to asking an older person, a tina or tama or an elder or even a titled person. You wouldn't use sao. You, you wouldn't say that to that, you know, to those people. Instead, you can use maliu mai. You could use susu mai or 
talamai a'au or afiomai. So different ways and different ways of greeting and asking someone to, to come to you. But you'd be you have to be very careful that you're you know you're paying respect to that person by choosing which and you can use two or three of these greetings to a number of people. But definitely, sal, I would reserve that one for children, you know, or is it young people. Yeah, sal, yeah, sal e, sal e, come here. Is there a bossy way of saying it and a nice way to say it? <laughs> uh, sal. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, bossy, yeah, so it depends on who it is, of course, the age of the, the person, but also the relationship that you have. Could it be a friend? Can you say soul to a friend? Again, it's, yep. Yeah, it depends on your relationship and it's the way you say it, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't say to, you know, a colleague, soul, yeah, that would be disrespectful. Ah, Gilda. I like how the conversation is about, it's not just about the word, but it's about the relationships and you're thinking about the way that you're relating to and communicating with a person depending on age or seniority and things like that because uh, in must be Pacific white thing the whole idea of welcoming people and inviting them and even just to say to them to come over here we've got all of these words we've got a whole bunch of words so in Māori there's haere mai there's no mai haumai kuhu mai and there's formal and informal situations so on a marae obviously in the pōwhiri the whole ritual of encounter and welcome is all about the welcoming and the words that we use to welcome people. So for soul, I'm guessing that a related word in Te Reo Māori is ho. We say homai, but maybe the S and the H have been swapped out there. So there's so many similarities, but definitely the mai. So tell us about mai in all of these sentences. I think in the phrase maliu mai, it means, you know, come towards you, come, you know, in that respectful way. You wouldn't just say maliu, obviously in the context of greeting someone or asking someone or welcoming someone, you would use maliu mai, susu mai, tala mai a'au, afio mai. And you are so right, Gareth, it is all about the relationship. It's all about that va, you know, that relational space and respect, you know, to, that you would offer. The words, the right words, and the right ways and approaches of saying welcome, haere mai, afio mai. Beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, and I think an important point to note out as well, especially for Nganga Samoa, is the macrons on the you for the susu mai. So you're not saying susu, because there's a difference between the word the meaning susu and susu like so one is breast so you don't want to say to someone oh come in or like you know oh breast in or breast bring your breast to me kind of thing you don't want to have that (laughs) very awkward so make sure when you're greeting someone to come in it's definitely the oh yeah susu mai and also with the salt you know you can tell when your parents are angry because it's like it comes from a yeah salt or a so, like, you know, the emphasis is like, really, you better get over here right now. Like, <laughs> We know our parents, eh? Yeah, lots of learning, lots of learning. 
thinking about how tuned in our taringa are because our taringa can hear those subtle differences whether it's the way it's being said whether it's a short vowel or a long vowel so i've talked about our taringa can you guess what i'm talking about and, and do you have a similar word in, in the islands definitely taringa is talinga in samoan in a classroom you might say taringa whakarongo taringa whakarongo so again whakarongo very, very similar. It sounds like there's just a few consonant differences, but the, the vowels are the same. You haven't seen someone for a while, you're catching up with them. How do you ask them, how, how are they? How do you say to someone, how are you? How do you say that in, in Tuvalu? E and in Samoa, I like the way that we're, we're kind of interchanging by the end of this conversation. We'll probably be mixing up all of the three languages, which is awesome because our, our kete will be full. How do you say to someone, how are you in Samoan? In Samoan, you could say, wā mai oi. Mm. And in Māori, we say, kei te pēhe How would you say, please, in te reo? Because we've got Tuvaluan, whakamole mole, Samoan, whakamole mole. What is it in te reo? It's a funny question because there's a couple of trains of thought. One is that there is no word for please. Ah. Because if you're asking for something, then in the spirit of sort of tiger, that person will give it. So even if you're at the table, who might te tote, pass me the salt, you just give it and it's just a sort of something that you do. There are some, some people use kua, kua, K-O-A, kua for please. So they might say, who might kua te salt? So yeah, there's a couple of trains of thought in terms of whether or not we even say please and thank you. How would you say for a mole mole in a sentence? I would say in the context of asking you to pass something over to me, the other interesting thing is I use the word pass and I would say pasi. It's almost a transliteration of pasi. You know, can you pass me this, you know, the masim or the salt? So please, can you pass me the salt? Often you would hear that, you know, it's quite informal. You know, can you pass me the salt? How would I ask, pass me the drink? Something to drink, yeah. So we've got whaamole mole and whakamole mole in Tuvalu. What about thank you? The, the salt has been passed, the drink has been passed. How do we give thanks in a small setting, an everyday setting, or maybe in a more formal setting? Whakawhetai, whakawhetai lasi. The other two that I've heard most. Whakawhetai, whakawhetai lasi. An informal way of thank you in the Samoan language is tai, which... You know, comes from fafetai, thank you. And you can just say, yep, tight. Just two ways of saying fafetai, thank you. I really like how there's different ways of saying things formally and informally. And again, it, it tells you that there are formal and informal settings that our people um, operate in. And yeah, it's, it's important to be able to distinguish which is going on. Eh? And does it depend on who's in the room? Definitely depends on who's in the room. And it's really important. It's that relationship. And that's something that's really important for us to teach our children, that they know those respectful ways. 
not that they'll understand it straight away, but they just have to know the way you greet your friend is different from the way you would, you know, greet, you know, a visitor coming into your home or an elder in church, you know, so that's, that's really important to uh, the Samoan culture. They always say, e loa le, le teine maletama i le tu malana savali, you know, how they promote themselves, you know, how they stand and how they walk. So it's things like that, which all is related to the ways that they speak to people. Gee, I'm really struck in our conversation how we might be talking about one or two or we've, we've really... In the conversation today, we haven't talked about many words, but we've really had a good discussion in a wāmanga about the tikanga and the culture that sits behind all of these things. So I'm really struck by how important that is within our peoples, the, the whanaungatanga, the tuakana and the taina and the mātua and the tamaiti and the tamariki. Would that um, also be the situation in Tuvalu, Elena? Mm-hmm. So different settings and different dialects, like understanding that there are quite a few dialects in Tuvalu. And when I listen to some of them, it kind of almost sounds Tongan, especially because some are saying, you know, the K, or they're using the H, so it sounds quite similar to the Tongan language. which just pays tribute to our ancestors who had to navigate, you know, throughout all the islands and maintain who they are and taking their language with them on whatever journey and we can see that through even today's conversations today's kōrero today's talanoa talanoanga we see the similarities in the in the language which is cool can people from different parts of Tuvalu understand each other even though they might speak different dialects yeah so what I've heard from most of my family even though some are from different islands so we're from Nutao but then we've got other family from other islands like from Futsi and stuff everyone understands each other and I think actually, because some of my aunties, uh, my auntie, she's from Kiribati, and she can understand Tuvalu as well, even though it's the pidgin dialect that they talk over there. It's quite interesting to listen to them, eh? Like to listen to all of them. It's really cute, especially listening to the little kids, because that's how I'm learning as well through through the kids and through the elders' stories. So it's nice to be able to maintain that. Looking at it through Tamariki eyes almost, eh? Yeah, yeah. And even the similarities we hear in the songs and the hand movements. Our costumes are a bit different, but yeah, there's a sense of similarities between all the islands and most of the Pacific Islands. Do people jump in between different dialects? Like they can have, they can say one thing, one sentence in one dialect and then jump into the other, depending on who they're talking to. Are you pretty sort of consistent with the dialect that you use? Yeah, I can hear it when I'm listening at events. I can hear it. They jump in between. You know, they go from the K or the H or and they can jump in between, but everyone can understand each other. Awesome. I wanted to say a couple of things about thank you. So in Māori, we have a word, whakawhitai, which is a way of giving a word for giving thanks. I've mainly heard it in karakia, but I'm sure that you can use it in a sentence to say to someone at a marae saying, for example, I thank you fellas for, for doing this. And in terms of dialect, some people drop the H, some people drop the W. So whakawhetai might be wakawhetai, wakawhetai in a place that doesn't uh, pronounce the H. Or in a place that drops the W, it might be hakawhetai, 
Hakafitai. So yeah, even in Te Reo Māori, this word Hakafitai, thanks. There can be three different pronunciations of it. That's cool. Yeah. So your thanks Fakafitai spelt with W H is our Fakafitai, F A K A F E T A I. And there's always a kiaura, 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 and can be used as a as a thank you, um, depending on where you are. We use ma lo quite a bit, eh? Ma lo, yeah. ma lo, lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or kalo fai. That's quite, you know, that's got lots of meanings as well. Oh. Tell us about that. Talo fai. It could be used for different things, eh, Peseta? And again, it depends on the context. Talo fai. I've used it when I'm in a conversation and, you know, something sad has happened. You know, um, and I would say talo fai. It's almost like, yeah, thinking of you in that situation. It depends on what the, the context is. If you're meeting someone new uh, and you want to know where they come from, how do you say, where are you from? Is it something that you even ask in, in the context for, for Tuvalu or Samoa? And if so, how would you ask that question? How would you say in, ta, in ta, Tuvalu? Koi se tino mai fair. Yeah, where are you from? <laughs> and yeah, someone similar. Similar, where are you from? Interesting that the question is, you're meeting someone for the first time, is that an appropriate, you know, a question to ask someone, you know, a, a Samoan, you know, where you're from. But if, if you do ask, you would say, O fea e te sawai. O fea e te sawai. where are you from? Ah, and what Māori has in common appears to be that word fair, because uh, quite often we will say no fair koe, no fair koe. What we have in common is the word fair, which is about location. That's that location word, which is like, where are you from? So when Māori met his mum for the first time, because he'd been adopted out, obviously. It wasn't, the question that was, it wasn't so much asked between them, wasn't like, what is your name? Because that's less important in Te Reo Māori. It's more important to establish the connection. And the connection is through place. So the question that she was asking him was about no whiakui. And she asked him several times, because he didn't give her a direct answer as well. As, as we know about Māori, he was a bit of a trickster. His mother said to him, no whiakui. And he answered it a few times before they actually established, hey, this is her son. So that was, that's part of the tikanga in asking someone in Māori, no whiakwe. Are there similar kind of tikanga behind finding out about people when you meet them in Samoa or in Tuvalu? Probably in the Samoan culture, you mentioned it's not the name necessarily that's really important, but it's the connection. Uh, connection to your village and to the region that you come from and that places where you are straight away now i i don't know i'm not familiar but with places but you would have many of our orators who will place you straight away from possibly your name that connects you to a village and to a region and they are very skilled at they call it whalupenga yeah. So your yeah. whalupenga is your lineage almost. It's not yeah. just where you are placed, but your your lineage. And so like, or fair it to sell way, you wouldn't ask that, you know, that, that 
would be inappropriate to an elder or to uh, to a chief or and there are ways of expressing that or finding out that but it wouldn't be through that question and again you know it's based on the relationship so I can ask Lena you know or Lena or Fetisawaiya or fair Fetisawai where have you come from is different from where are you born where is your village where is your you know it's, it, it, it's different I can feel a whole new podcast coming on because, again, while we're focusing on a small number of words, it just opens up this whole world of understanding about our cultures and our relationships. So I'm really enjoying, really enjoying about the the kōrero behind the kōrero. So so thank you. And I personally wouldn't ask Vesita where she's from. I would wait. But then in situations, I would have had a chance to introduce where I was from and where my parents are from, my last name. Usually when people see you or hear your last name or ask for your maiden name, they can place you. They know where you're from. And I've noticed that even in the Tuvaluan world, they will place you. They know where you're from. They know who you're connected to. It's really beautiful and how they make that connections as well. And then they connect you with everyone else, which is quite special because then it gives you a sense of like, okay, yeah, you do belong in some places, which you didn't actually know of before. So, and it just brings you up to a whole, whole lot of new meanings and new insights. Actually, we've started with an English sentence, where are you from? And I think where we've landed is there's a whole conversation there's a, and there's a whole lot of conversations that go on in any particular situation. You can imagine everybody at the whale, in the village, in the gathering, at the marae, and there's a whole lot of conversations going on about, oh, who's that person over there? Oh, where did that person come from? Oh, are they still doing this and are they still working at this place? So, yeah, there's a whole lot of conversations and other stuff going on. And the question as simple as, where are you from? No fair yeah. Or even, even, you know, your name. Because your name carries a certain expectation. Like, I've got Matalena, that's my grandma's name. And then, you know, the same thing with my daughter and her her Samoan name, Solofiolo, so that's a chief's village name from her dad's dad's village, you know. So these expectations that you have when you've got names given to you. Talking about names and where people are from, my cousin took his kids over to Penryn for the first time because Nureira Tana Wahine, his uh, kid's mother, is, is from Penryn. And off they go, they jump on the plane. When they landed... The whole island already knew who they were and what their names were without actually meeting them before because it's such a small kainga. The people on the island actually talk about who's on the plane and who they are and who their relationships and how they're connected to them. So it was a bit of a hard case and quite a culturally, quite an awesome experience for my nephews and nieces to go and meet all their whanau. So has anyone got a word that they'd like to share in relation to the little? I started out with my nanganga Samoa when we were young. So we're, I'm the second youngest of uh, quite a few kids. <laughs> but then the funny bit is, is that our parents decided to move out to the country. So the reo was missed out for a huge chunk of my time. And the kids are actually more fluent in Samoan. And I know my daughter, is her learning with Tuvaluan is a lot better than mine. So for me, it's about learning through our family and through our families. And just actually, it's not funny, but it's beautiful. My parents and our families just really embrace the fact of us wanting to 
learn it and nurture it and provide a space for the next generation to like to be able to be the change makers in situations be able to speak fluent or to be able to just be confident in who they are and their language they must love speaking in the language to the mukupunas eh yeah yeah it's quite... our old people the lot their eyes will light up when they hear the real from the young people I think actually the funny story was is the reason why I got back into the Tuvaluan language is because my daughter was doing White Sunday and she wore the Tuvaluan kiki, like the it's like a, it looks like a Cook Island kind of skirt, grass skirt. She wore it to honour like my granddad who was one of the founders of the PIC church down here before he passed away and stuff. So she wore it and then one of her friends who she'd known for a while asked oh, where did you get that? You know, it's a Tuvaluan skirt. She was like, oh, yeah, I'm Tuvaluan. <laughs> and then that kind of, that conversation started and it turns out her her granddad was my mum's first cousin and just the whole, it just opened up like the space for us to really grow and understand and get to get connected again. And I love it. They're beautiful. They're amazing. They're such a super supportive system. But it just meant that now my daughter's got the best of both worlds, you know? So, yeah, it's quite cool. Yeah. And it's interesting, like, today we we started off talking about the kupu, uh, about words, and, um, but behind it is, as you say, is the, the, the tikanga. And I know for, you know, growing up and learning the language, that mostly the motivation to learn, you know, it comes from, learning more about the culture, whether it's through song, through dance, through, you know, we mentioned the White Sunday, the Lotutamaiti saying the verses and, you know, for our, and, and I guess it's any way that you can access, you know, the language and be able to learn it, you know, any way is going to work for, you know, for everyone, I would say. And there's no one way to learn and to, you know, grow your confidence, even, you know, just talking about, you know, being confident and using the language, there are opportunities for, you know, for that to happen as well for our children and us as, you know, still learning the language, you know, as adults. It never stops, say, the learning. I saw something hard case online recently when Whitakers released their Miraka Chakarete Miraka, the Miraka Chakarete, the milk chocolate with uh, Māori labels on on their chocolate, and it, it's been a little bit controversial, which is um, I'm not, not too, I not, don't really understand why, but somebody was like they saw that we were using a word for chocolate, and we were using a word for milk, and somebody said, "Gee, Māori didn't even have milk before the English came to Aotearoa," which made me think, "Oh, of course we had milk because how else would we have raised our pepe?" So that kind of cracked me up a little bit. And while miraka is the word that's being used for milk chocolate, there's another Māori word which is waiū, waiū, for milk. So it was a bit of a hard case for somebody to be saying online that milk only came with the English. No, I think milk is a universal. Have you fellas got a word for chocolate or, or for milk? Yeah, well, we talked about the macron when you spell and then when you pronounce susu is milk. As opposed to susu, when we, we use the phrase susu mai. Yeah, well, susu is milk. Or, reference to the breast, that's susu. 
So that's the word for milk. And chocolate is sukalati. Sukalati is chocolate. Chakariti ki As we wrap up our kōrero, I've had a really, I've really enjoyed our conversation today. I wanted to say whaafitai. I wanted to say whakafitai. And I wanted to say whakafitai in te reo Māori as well. Thank you, Lena. Thank you, Peseta, for joining in our conversation today about our languages. And I've said it a couple of times. Isn't it amazing how one word or three words or the small number of words has led us into a talanoa, into a wānanga, a whakawhiti kōrero, about who we are and, and the way that our people relate to each other on our whenua, uh, back in our homelands. So I've really enjoyed our kōrero today. It's been really enlightening and it's a really nice way of marking Tuiki Otereo. Any last kōrero from, from yourselves, Piseta and Lena? Yeah, whawhitai lover, Gareth, whawhitai Lena. Language and words are all about relationships and the va, uh, that respectful relational space. It's That part is really important because the approach and the ways that we speak maintains, helps to maintain those relationships. I want to say thank you for this talanoa and look forward to another opportunity to talk more about the tikanga, about ways that we use our language to communicate in different contexts and in different settings. Yeah, yeah kia ora Gareth for setting up this space. Nā mihi, whakaputai, whakaputai, maleabanoa. I just, yeah, I think the opportunity for us to get together and actually address some things that we've been thinking about but we've never voiced. So thank you for having, well, providing a space for us to do so. And because hopefully people will take it on board and say, hey, this would look cool in our school. Oh, maybe we could try this in our organisation. Like do a poster where you've got the same phrase or the same word in three different languages or the three different things and however it suits the environment. So just thinking about that and also understanding yeah, there are words, but what's behind the words? And for us, I know there's a lot of meaning behind what we say, what we call things, what we name our kids or ourselves, or how we address people. So just being able to model it and respect it, respect our language. And also, you're never too old to learn. I love learning. I love learning both languages. And I think it's really cool that we're in Aotearoa and embracing languages to support one another, to sustain it. Because without it, we won't have it. We won't have our people. So yeah, kia ora. Kia ora, kia ora tātou. Aotearoa is so rich in languages. And so that resource, that taonga is there for all of us to to delve into, to learn about and to and to hold for future generations. Nō reira, kia ora tātou. Tēnei kōrero i tēnei wā. Ko whakanuia te wiki o te reo Māori. We've paid homage in our conversation today to Te Wiki o Te Reo Māori by talking about some of our whanaunga, our relation languages, and the connections, and the cultures, and the land, and the whakapapa. Kia ora rawa atu, tēnā hoku koutou. Me hoki mai anō tātou. Me hoki mai anō tātou. Kō rero rero ai. Kia ora tātou katoa. Tēnā koutou. You've been listening to a Tātai Ahorau Core Education Podcast.